biblical examples of uh, giving up their careers and training for the ministry and coming back to Lubbock. Uh, that speaks volumes uh, of someone who can give up their livelihood. And it's amazing to me. And I'm thankful for their, their hearts. Uh, they've known my wife uh, ever since my wife was a teenager. She is now in her 40s. <laughs> yeah, my wife has been a disciple for uh, going on 26 years. Uh, she became a disciple as a teenager, uh, and she uh, has been faithful uh, this whole time. And she is an inspiration to me. She's a great, she's my helper. Uh, she loves me through all of my junk and, uh, she's just an amazing woman. I've been blessed to ma- uh, marry an incredible woman of God. Um, the picture behind you is that's her. She's awesome, man. I miss her so much. Um, those are my two sons, Ty and Kian. Uh, and a lot of people ask me, you know, um, is Tui short for something? And I say yes all the time. And how I arrived at that name is, uh, my full name actually is Tuyuli Alofa Vienna, which is, you know, that's uh, standard for Polynesian names. And I was named after my um, grandmother's brother, so my mom's uncle. Uh, that's also a name of uh, a chief's name from my mom's village. Uh, a long time ago, it was uh, Asoao Tuyuli. Okay, and so how I derived at my na- name being so short, Tui, was that when I was in medical school uh, in 1996 in the, at the University of Hawaii, uh, you know how they say your name, right? They say your whole name. Right? Oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and then people are like, oh, is it okay if I just call you Tui? And I said, I guess so. If you can't say my name, that's fine. And so that's how I arrived. Everyone calling me Tui. It's for short for my full name. Uh, but growing up, I was uh, called Alofa, which means love in Samoan. And so I got called love all my life growing up. You know, and then when I went to medical school, they were like, oh, Dr. Love. You know, and so, oh, well, you know. <laughs> Uh, but in, uh, after my first year of medical school, I was asked to go join the ministry. And so uh, I said no at first. And then the guy asked me, oh, why don't you pray about it? And so two weeks, uh, I spent time praying and fasted. And uh, I figured, you know, if I'm going to be a doctor, I can only help someone so long. Right? We all have an appointment with death, and that's not going to change. And so, you know, I thought, okay, wow, if I study the Bible, people help them spiritually, it's forever. Yeah. And so that was my, that's why I gave up medicine. My parents weren't happy with that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, God knows what He's doing. And He's done an incredible, incredible job. You know, this morning, I'm grateful uh, to be here to encourage you, to build you up. Okay, to so you walk out of here going, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a change in my life, you know, because too many people come to church, but then you know you go out the doors. There's not there's not much change, you know. I mean, is that real Christianity? Uh, you know, the Bible tells us differently, and so this morning I've entitled our lesson. Uh, and we're going to look at John 6, verse 25 to 29. And I've entitled our lesson this morning, Believe in Jesus. 
Don't believe in the church, don't believe in your leaders, don't believe in one another, but believe in Jesus. Last time I checked, Jesus was the only one, right? That resurrected from the dead and stay, stayed resurrected. Okay, because there's other resurrections in the Bible, right? We read about, oh wow, this is awesome. But they died eventually. Jesus is the only one who stayed resurrected. And this morning, if, if there's anything we can walk out of this room with is, you know, that we've deepened our conviction about this concept, this principle, believe in Jesus. Let's not believe in the mission. Okay, the mission, we get caught up in the mission. Let's believe in Jesus, because when you believe in Jesus, then you'll believe the mission too. And this morning, you know, I'm going to, I really want us to, you probably never heard of this before, but put your Bibles away. Put them down. Let's focus together. Okay, I know everyone's like, what? You know, you want me to put my Bible down? Yes, put your Bibles away. Okay? And this is why. We're going to read the Bible together on the screens behind me. And I've decided, you know, because I've been studying the Bible in a different version because, you know, i got to mix it up. So I've spent the last year and a half reading the easy to read version. You know why I do that? Because it's easy to read. Okay, and I'm a simple man. I need simple stuff to read and I'm, I, I do simple stuff. Okay, I have a simple faith, very simple. John 6 verse 25. Let's read this together. Okay, it says, The people found Jesus on the other side of the lake. They asked Him, Teacher, when did you come here? Okay, right before this, if you read from the beginning of chapter 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000, right? And even before that, He's doing all kinds of things to help these guys believe. So they end up here, and uh, Jesus is like, you know what, I need a little break from you guys. I need some alone time. Because you know, when you hang out with people, they get on your nerves. You know, there's a lot to take on. So Jesus is like, you know what, I need some alone time with God. I need some, some connection. I need some, uh, some mana. You know, that's, that's for strength. You know, some power in Hawaiian. I'm not Hawaiian. I'm Samoan. Okay? But, Jesus takes off. People are looking for Him. His disciples even get on a boat to go look for Him. Right? And, they, you know, they thought they could be, oh, you know, we've been hanging with Jesus. Let's get on the boat. You know, let's see what we can do. A storm comes, right? They kind of freak out, right? And then Jesus is like, ah, oh, got to help these guys believe again. So He's walking on the water. They look, oh man, Jesus is on the water. So he gets with them and then he goes to another, the other side of the lake. So they're on one side of the lake, they take boats on to the other side of the lake. So all the people, all of a sudden, they go looking for Jesus. They're like, man, we just ate, you know, all you can eat buffet, fish and bread. That was awesome. We got our needs met. Let's, let's go find Jesus. So they go find him and, but they find him on the other side of the lake. They got tired of hanging out. They got tired of going, oh man, we, we need Jesus right now. Where is He? So they went looking for Jesus. Some boats came. They decided, hey, let's get on those boats and go to the other side. He's probably on the other side. And so this is where we've landed. 
The people found Jesus on the other side of the lake. They show up and they ask Jesus a question. Teacher, uh, when did you come here? And you know, I love this spirit about the people. Because part of believing in Jesus is, we got to go find Jesus. You know, some of us, we get tricked sometimes. You know, we've been a Christian for a while, oh, I, I found Jesus already. But you know what happens to us? Life happens to us. And it derails us from really believing in Jesus. Especially when you've been a Christian for a while and you know, oh, you know, I got experience, I've been doing this, I've been faithful for a while. It's easy to get thrown off track. And so I love this spirit about the people. They went and found Jesus on the other side of the lake. They did whatever it took to find Him. This morning, my question for all of us is, man, do we do whatever it takes to find Jesus? You see, our whole... The reason why we're Christians is because Jesus rose from the dead. He resurrected. If you go find other people who've been amazing in this world, they're still buried. You go to Jesus' tomb, you can't find them. He's not there. People died believing this. They were like, man, you need to you know, denounce this. Did Jesus really raise from the dead? They were like, uh, yes, He did. You're going to have to kill me because I cannot lie. You know, sometimes we put so much energy in trying to find other things. So much energy into school, into relationships, into finances, into all kinds of things we get caught up with. But can you imagine if all of us put the kind of energy, the things we love, the energy to find Jesus every day? Can you imagine the power that we can have as individuals and as the church? You know, we really got to imitate the Spirit. A spirit of, man, I got to go find Jesus. Did you find Jesus this morning? <laughs> when you woke up, what was the first thing you wanted to find? When I wake up, it's like, Daddy, what's for breakfast? I got to go find the cereal. I got to go find the milk. I got to find breakfast. You know, and it's always a challenge. Okay, man, how am I going to find Jesus when I'm doing this? Well, you know what? It's very simple. If you have children, pray with them. Read a scripture with them during breakfast. Have a conversation. John six twenty six. You guys all right? Let's read it together. Ready? He answered, Why are you looking for me? Is it because you saw miraculous signs? The truth is, you are looking for me because you ate the bread and were satisfied. You know, anytime you go find Jesus, you know what's going to happen? Jesus is going to tell you the truth. If you're really finding Jesus, Jesus is going to tell you the truth about you. And you know, that happened to me uh, almost 18 years ago. I grew up going to church. My family grew, grew, you know, and I, I love my family. I learned how to pray. I learned how to value the scriptures. I learned how to love other people because of my family. And God worked through my family. But almost 18 years ago, when I was in medical school, I was invited to 
to church. And uh, his name is Ron. Roddy knows him. Uh, he's paralyzed. Well, he was paralyzed, and he, he found a way to walk again. And so he has a limp in his walk. He broke his neck. But he's, he's one of my best friends, you know, ever. And he's just amazing. And so he reached out to me. He was like, hey, dude, uh, why don't you come play basketball with us? I said, all right, cool. Showed up at the gym. We went and played basketball. One thing led to another. The lead evangelist at the time, hey, hey, what are you doing Sunday? I said, I don't know. Why don't you come to church with us? I, oh, I love church. Okay, let's go. So I went, started studying the Bible, started to find Jesus. And man, Jesus just smacked me right in my face. <laughs> he was like, dude, this is the way you've been living. And I'm like, man, the truth hurts. And I could have responded to the truth two ways, right? One, you could accept the truth. Or two is what? Hide from the truth, run from the truth, deny the truth. You know, that's what happens to us, right? We go, ah, I don't know about that part, Jesus. I don't know if I want to give up that part. But that's what happens when we start looking for Jesus and we find Jesus. The truth happens. So these guys, they showed up, they're like, oh man, we found you, Jesus, man, where you been? And Jesus gives them the simple truth. Look guys, you didn't find me because of the miraculous signs, all this. You, you, you guys, you wanted to find me because you had a great buffet. Your physical needs were met. Jesus wasn't about the physical needs. He met them so there could be a breakthrough. But he was all about meeting their needs spiritually. See, sometimes when we are pursuing so many other things outside of Jesus and believing in Him, we think, oh, that's, that's it. This is it. This is, this is the motherland right here. This is, this is the pot of gold. It's actually not. Because the truth is, sometimes we're looking for Jesus to meet our physical needs rather than our spiritual ones. And so we get, we get trapped. We go, oh man, this is it, and, and it's really not it. That's why there's no substance. That's why you feel empty sometimes. John six twenty Let's read this together. It says, but earthly food spoils and ruins. So don't work to get that kind of food, but work to get the food that stays good and gives you eternal life. You know, Jesus says... Hey guys, you know all the earthly food, it actually spoils and it ruins. You know when you go to the grocery shop, you know, and, and you see them taking stuff out and putting it in because that stuff is no good anymore. You know when you're opening up your fridge and you have some leftovers in there and then you know, you know what I mean. You're like, oh my gosh, this stuff stinks. Because Jesus had it right. He had the right frame of life. Nothing here, guys, nothing that we have, women, is going to last. It all spoils, it all ruins. You know, between my wife and I, we have four degrees. Okay? She has a law degree, I have two uh, bachelors, and she has another bachelor. Okay? You know what's going to happen to our degrees? It's hanging on my mom and dad's wall at home. They're going to fade. They're going to spoil. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be shredded. It doesn't matter. It's going to spoil. It's going to ruin. Now, I'm not saying, hey, don't get a degree. A degree is good. It gives you opportunities, right? But it's, if we put all ourselves into that, it doesn't last. 
You know, it's funny. My wife went um, to law school. She graduated. A lot of her law uh, uh, friends, they don't even practice law. <laughs> it's so funny. You know, we run into them. Oh, well, you know, what law firm? Are you still practicing law? Uh, no, I got out of law. See, things don't last. We go after them, we go after them, you know, they don't last. They feel good at the time, but they don't last. And we got to really pay attention to what Jesus said. He said, earthly food spoils, it ruins. And you know, some of us, we put so much energy in, you know, so much work in all these other things besides believing in Jesus. And you know, we wonder, oh, you know, you, know, you get, um, you want more. It's not satisfying. It never will be. It says we got to work to get the food that stays good and gives you eternal life. What are we working for in our life? That Yeah, good question, right? So you know what they did? Verse 28. The people asked Jesus... What does God want us to do? Man, we had some smart people in this crowd. Right? They were like, not only did they have the spirit to find Jesus and go across the lake, right? They were willing to learn. They were willing to go, you know what? Tell us what to do then, Jesus. Since you got all the answers, shoot, just tell us. You know, some of us, we just need to ask. You know, we might be stuck. We might be like, man, this thing is on my heart, but I really don't want to say anything. That's the time you should go, hey guys, what should I do? You got to ask Jesus first, though. And then you ask people who know you, who love you, who can you know, love you whether you're good, bad, or ugly, or ugliest. Because we need those people in our life. But what an incredible spirit. We can learn from this crowd, right? They had a learner spirit about themselves. So you know what Jesus does? Next one. If you're going to ask Jesus something, you know what he's going to do? He's going to tell you the truth. He's going to give you an answer. He says, Jesus answered, the work God wants you to do is this. You know, this morning... I just want to encourage us to do what's right. What does Jesus want us to do? It's right there in the Bible. You can look at all the translations, it's going to say the same thing. See, let's not believe in the church. Let's not believe in each other. Let's not believe in whatever we're trying to do. Let's believe in Jesus. That's what it says. It doesn't say the Great Commission on there. It doesn't say, you know, man, uh, share with thousands of people or do this or do that. It's not saying that. It says, Jesus answered, hey guys, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Jesus is so funny right here, right? They ask him, okay, tell us what to do, Jesus. Jesus said, just believe in me. But the way he says it, right, he's so humble. He says, to believe in the one he has sent. Jesus is so humble. He doesn't force it on us. Hey guys, come on, get it together. It's me, I'm here, come on guys. No, he's just saying, look guys, 
believe in the one he has sent. My encouragement to us this morning is work to believe in Jesus. The question for us is, are you working to believe in Jesus? So we all have jobs, right? If you're a parent, you have a job of raising your kids. That's a job. And we work at it. If you're a student, you know, if you have another job, whatever, you work hard. You might not even like your job, right? But you do it. Why do you do it? Why do you go to work? Right, there's value in work. Right? You work because, man, you know I'm going to get paid. You might not even like your work, but you go and work anyways. Why can't we do that spiritually? What's the value at working to believe? What is the value? Eternal life. He says it in there. Don't work for food that spoils, but work for food, right? That lasts forever. Why should we work to believe? Because eternal, your life is at stake. That's why. You know, in the church in Oahu, over the last three years, we've seen over 130 people become Christians. It's pretty awesome. We have over 330 disciples in the church. On Sunday services, we have close to 500 people at services. And I'll be honest with you, this is what we're working on. We're trying to encourage every Christian to take care of their faith. To work on believing. When no one else believes, are you going to believe? You know, uh, we had a campus ministry and it was zero. (laughs) And uh, three years ago, my wife and I, with our two children... Um, decided to go back into campus. And from there, we saw the campus ministry grow over 20 disciples. And, you know, and they're all faithful. One person decided to fall away, but the rest are faithful. And the reason why is because we really work hard to believe. Why should you read your Bible? I'll tell you why. First Peter talks about how our faith, right? is more valuable than what? Than gold. Why should you read your Bible? Because your faith is more valuable than all of the gold in the world. Can you imagine all the gold in the world? Well, it's not going to fit in here. But all the gold in the world doesn't even measure up to your faith. See, some of us, we got to stop giving away our faith to the world, to other people, to the church. We got to look at that and go, you know what? That's my faith. I'm going to take care of it. It's more valuable than all the gold in the world. That's why I read my Bible. Because I know, look, what I have is more valuable than, any, than all the gold in the world. So I'm going to take care of it. When people are dragging down, when people are taking, you know, doing this or making bad decisions, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take care of my faith. I'm going to believe in Jesus what no one else does. You know, when you made a decision to follow Jesus, when you made a decision to get baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and given the gift of the Holy Spirit, when you made that decision to make Jesus Lord of your life, you said, look, I'm putting my belief in Jesus. 
Not in the church, not in each other, not our spouse, not our children. In Jesus. Here's five next steps. We're going to close out here. Okay? And you can take these five, you can do whatever you want to do with it. You know, if you can do one, if you do five, you know, like your IQ is so high, you can do all five. Hey, amen. God bless you. But for me, you know, I, I, could, I could do one at a time. <laughs> so the first one is, find Jesus. Right? What does that mean? Study the Bible. For yourself, study the Bible. Crack it open. Go, look, let me find Jesus. Because I know you haven't found Jesus in every area of your life. You mean to tell me, all of us, we figured it out, all areas of life? Nope. I'm still trying to figure out how to be married at age 43. I've never been married at age 43. I've never been a, a, a father of an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. So I have uh, you know, a small window. Every year it's going to change. So I, I don't know what I'm doing, but i got to find Jesus to help me with those things. Right? Uh, I was fortunate enough this past year to help 14 people become Christians. I'm in the ministry. My role is to study the Bible with people. That's what I do. You know? And, uh, you know, that isn't just left up to me as a, an evangelist. Last time I checked, that was for every disciple. Right? It says, go make, you know, he told the disciples, go make disciples of all nations. Last time I checked, that, uh, that was, that's everybody. In fact, that's what I see, right? You guys, how, how's the go thing? I saw it back there, I was like, oh, this is cool. It's a great reminder of biblical principles we should be applying to our life. Next one is Jesus truth. Right? How many of us need Jesus truth in our life? In some area of our life. That means when we, we know what we're doing in our life. Sometimes we have to just say, hey guys, here's the truth. Here's how I'm doing today. Last time I checked, one of the ways we prevent sin's deceitfulness and hardening our hearts is but encourage one another daily we need to encourage each other every single day you know I encourage you to man to figure that out next one is Jesus qualified he's the only one that's qualified to give us good food that lasts forever we're not qualified it shouldn't be left up to what we say. We should be opening up our Bibles with each other. Hey guys, this is what Jesus expects from you. You're better than this. When we make bad decisions spiritually, we just go, Hey, you made a bad decision, but you're better than this. Look at what Jesus has to say. Let's point each other back to Jesus. Let's not point our, you know, I've been a Christian for 30 years, you know, blah, blah. Okay, amen, brother. What does, where does it say in the Bible? What do I gotta do? Let's open up the Bible. Jesus is the only one who's qualified to help us. He's the only one who resurrected from the dead and stayed resurrected. Right? 
Because sometimes when we've been faithful for a while, we're like, oh, I know, okay, I've seen this before. Hey, guys, just make this decision. You know, I got gray hair and blah, blah. Listen to what I have to say. No, let's open up the Bible. Right? Jesus is Lord, not me. Not Roddy. Not you. Not your spouse. Jesus is Lord. So Jesus is the only one qualified. The fourth one is, ask Jesus. That means our prayer life. On my, on my uh, technology, you know, because we all tech, techies now, I have a prayer list. There's so much to pray for, I had to break it up into days. So Mondays I pray for God. My faith, joy, gratitude, Acts chapter 1 through 10, that's what I pray for on Mondays. I don't pray for nothing else. Tuesdays I pray for my family. My, my marriage, my parenting to Ty and Ken, that's what I pray for. Only on Tuesdays, because that's all day. When you're married and your parent, you got to pray all day. It takes all day. Lord, please help my wife out. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, I go, Lord, help me. Help me out. Help me to be more gracious. Help me to be more patient. You know, patience means long-suffering. You see what I'm saying? I'm very patient with you, honey. I've been long-suffering for a while now. Wednesday, I pray for the ministry. I pray for, you know, the marriage ministry, the youth and family, the teens, the campus, the singles, you know, all the guys who are studying the Bible. I just pray for the ministry. Thursday, I spend all day praying for partnerships in my life. You know, the Galangs, the interns, the house church leaders, the singles leadership. You know, our partnerships with different churches, you know, like L.A., Seattle, and then all of the Oceania churches, and the churches that we work with uh, in missions work, Burma, and the Philippines. So we pray, I, I spend all day praying for that. And I just don't do it one time of the day. I, I spread them all out. Okay, I got five minutes here, I'm praying for this. I got two minutes right here, I'm going to pray for this. I got ten minutes here, I got thirty minutes here. You know, by the end of the day, I'm ready to go sleep at ten o'clock. On Friday is the special prayers. People who've lost, lost, lost loved ones. And I lost, I lost my father-in-law in December. Since then, we've lost nine people in the church. Related to the church as well. Nine people. So I've done a funeral every month, two sometimes every month, this year so far. So I pray for all those families, I pray for them, I pray for the family members, I pray for, uh, you know, people who are studying the Bible, who are family members, I pray for all them. On Saturday, I pray for my own personal evangelism, sharing the good news with other people, my own personal evangelism, the South Pacific Praying for all these islands. I pray for Myanmar. We're, you know, Burma. We're going there uh, next week Sunday. And then on Sunday morning, I pray for worship. I pray for the service. I pray for the meetings that we have. And I just ask God. See, there's, there's too much to pray about. And it's overwhelming for me. I, just don't, I give up in prayer if I don't do it this way. I go, forget it. You know, this is too much, Lord. You know, so I have to break it up in days. So ask Jesus. Okay, the last one is Jesus' work. It says, work to believe in the one He has sent. You actually have to do some work. Now, this is how you know you're putting work in. You know how you work at your job? And you might hate your job? 
that's the kind of work you got to put in spiritually. You might hate it. So I hate reading the Bible this morning. You know what you got to do? Put work into it. It's hard to pray. You know what I know? <laughs> I hate work. You know what? Put the work into it. You know what's going to happen? You're going to get better. And that's the goal of being disciples, right? All we can do is our best. And you know what? When you fail, right? When you fail, Jesus makes up the difference. But do your best. This morning, thank you so much for allowing me to share this morning. I'm so grateful. Uh, Thank you for doing an incredible job here in Lubbock. It's amazing. Some of you have been here forever. And I believe God, I believe God is going to work it all out. I really do. And when you have that type of belief in Jesus, He's going to do amazing things here. He already has. I was here four years ago maybe. And God's already grown the church. Wow, this is awesome. We got to be encouraged. We got to go back out and go, you know what? God's going to do more work in us. But you know what we got to do? We got to do the work to believe in Jesus. Amen. Amen.